I think I can make this work. Bear with us. I got a hakalugi. Fuck. Oh, I cannot talk. I can't breathe. Motherfucker. Maybe I should have played. I'm collecting myself before turning on the camera. Let me take off my bathrobe. <laughs> uh, little extra tidbits for the podcast while I compose myself for Facebook. Life is short. Life is shit. And soon it will be over. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in on Pogo City Radio. I'm Andrew Bedlam. We're fresh. I'm fresh. Back from my trip to Atlanta. Getting today's show started off with a man coming from the ATL who just played this weekend. Who's that? Made that. and the made men yes got to uh, play with those guys seen them a bunch of times seen them in their uh, home turf this weekend billy bats and the made men a bunch of uh you know i guess they're older now but still really fucking young kids rocking the fuck out and uh yeah they played i think the second night at bill's 40 fest in atlanta that uh I keep saying we all, I'm going to be doing this all show, I'm the only person here, but I'm saying we all, referencing, you know, the, the party of people I was with, and the uh, familiar faces from this goddamn podcast, but yeah, a lot of fun, so, uh, I mean, you guys know 40 Fest if you listen to the show, but uh, got to see a bunch of people. We don't get to see that often, and that was really cool. Got to meet a bunch of new listeners from the show. That was great. Everywhere we were turning, people were uh, giving a shout-out and saying what's up and how much they love the show. So that was really fucking cool, and uh, we really appreciate all the love. And we will totally play everyone's band, and I'm going to actually try and like look at my email and like do that stuff again. 
okay, so what's the best way to get a hold of us? How should we do this? How, how I mean, send us a link. There's plenty of people saying they're going to send us a link and stuff. And I guess the best way is maybe my personal Facebook. If, if you're on my personal Facebook, send it to my personal Facebook, Andrew Bedlam and Messenger. I might get it. I mean, you can try... <laughs> And send it to like Pogo City Radio at gmail.com. I might see it. But really, my personal Facebook, maybe post it on the Pogo timeline. Maybe I should open up the Pogo email. I don't know. If you really want to get played, is it that hard to send links? I mean, I send plenty. <laughs> but yes, yes, yes. Maybe, maybe we'll make you work for it. That's, that's the idea. You have to find us <laughs> and get our attention. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Everyone played great. Blanks did their um, their entire album of Tanked and Pogoed. That was fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Got to uh, say what's up to the guys in the Havoc who are playing this weekend in Philly with the Parasitics. And uh, yeah, yeah, there was some interesting things going on. An interesting little uh, girl fight that like we tried to avoid but kept falling at our feet and it was funny because we were one of the only groups of people to actually see this i guess who the fuck was playing i want to say corrupted youth was playing so there was like no one outside not going to go into the details but goddamn was this young lady pissed off and in attack mode <laughs> Oh my god. Yes, but uh, lots of fun at the show. I didn't get to catch the competition. I actually didn't get to catch the third day. I was puking my guts out, as I normally am. And I mean, I was throwing up a lot. And like, I was pretty sick the second day and still made it. The third day, we went to, a, to the aquarium, which was fucking amazing, right? Fucking amazing. A lot of fun. Sharks, hammerheads, all types of weird fucking jellyfish. It was me, Chandler, Cass, Mike Blanks, Ashley, Renee, Rude Girl Jess. We were the aquarium crew. And we set it up because we wanted to meet up with like Chandler and some people like Marco from Dallas and the Broken Cuffs. And we were trying to hang out with some of these people the day before. And we ended up at this really cool bar called Vortex. Got some pictures of it up on my Facebook. It's the place where, like, the door is, like, a big skull mouth and stuff like that. And there's, like, devil naked chicks painted on the walls and stuff. And they had actual punk rock fanzines in there. I brought some home. I'll have to go give you the titles. But, um, yeah, that, that place was a lot of fun. And we were all trying to get together. But we're all in, like, a separate group of, like, five to eight people who are walking around the streets of Atlanta. We were in this area called Little Five Points, which is totally fucking awesome. And, uh... They uh, they had this really cool store called, like, Junk Man's Daughter or something like that. And then this, like, right down the street with Vortex in the middle, they had, like, this consignment shop that had, like, all this punk rock stuff in it. Like, bondage pants. Mostly girl stuff. It was, like, all girl stuff. But, like, bondage pants and plaid corsets and, like, a, lots of, like, goth-type stuff. And, um, like, a more DIY cooler hot topic type thing but um and then right next to that was a record store and um i'm pretty sure nick from long island got some templars records there and then there was some crazy homeless dude shouting to like himself for like an hour making complete sense having a full conversation with someone who wasn't there then got aggressive and started throwing throwing bottles then approached our group <laughs> But bummed a cigarette off of Jason, who was like, yeah, sure, man. Here, take a cigarette. 
<laughs> but uh, yes, Jason and Tamar, a lot of fun. They were at the Vortex, but not, and uh, so was Cuttingham. They were at the Vortex, but not the aquarium. But anyway, we were trying to meet up, and so we were like, fine, we'll set up, and we'll, we'll do the aquarium the second day. And we get up, we recorded. We're like, okay, it's all planned. We're going to go to the aquarium. And they were like, we were just there today. And we were like, God damn it. <laughs> and we already, but we still got to see him at the show. Of course, you know, our little crowd hanging out at the hotel room every night. We were late everywhere because Rude Girl Jess and Renee would start doing their makeup once we were an hour late. And then Ashley would start getting ready once Rude Girl Jess and Renee were done getting ready. <laughs> so so we were, we were literally, we had people waiting at the aquarium for three and a half hours for us. I wanted to strangle them. It was hilarious. I'm standing there the whole time going, guys, we were supposed to be there an hour ago. You're not remotely ready. Guys, we were supposed to be there two hours ago. You're not remotely ready. There's people there waiting for us in the food court. We take forever to get there. We finally get there. Ashley goes, wait. There's people here waiting for us? Oh my God, how long have they been here? Like three and a half hours I go. She goes, oh my God, that's so rude. Why would, I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> I was like, I was standing at the door, jumping up and down, saying we needed to leave. And she goes, okay, well we have to get something to eat first. I'm like, they've been in the food court for three and a half hours, and now you want them to wait 45 minutes for you guys to get something to eat? But sure enough, they did it. They were troopers. And then, to make matters worse, we all hang out at this really cool aquarium for like an hour. We get separated because I'm getting all pukey and I'm like behind and I'm sitting down and trying not to cause attention and I'm like turning green and staggering and fucking, we all get separated. Chandler gets hot from Virginia, and uh, him and Cass go outside, and they don't realize there's no re-entry. So they wait there all that time for us, hang out for like an hour, then go outside and camp back in, get back into like the $45 aquarium after one hour. So <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and... Uh, yeah, I, I was, so we, we got everybody back to the hotel room, I met up with Chandler and Cass, and the Giants were getting ready to play, and we had a tablet, and everything downloaded, I was going to be watching the game, and watching the bands, and going back and forth, you can kiss my ass, the Giants haven't won a playoff game in 11 years, and they were playing the Eagles, and uh, maybe if it was like a week three matchup, but, uh, so that was my plan, and then everybody's like, Andrew, you can't go to the show. And if, like, Renee and Jess and Ashley are like, you can't go to the show, like, it's pretty bad. And I'm like, and even Chandler's like, oh, dude, wow, you look really bad. And I'm like, yeah. And then it's weird. Like, I'll, get, I'll be all right, and I'll start being Andrew and running around and yelling and blah, blah, blah. And then 10 minutes later, I'm hugging the bed like, oh, wow, I don't feel good again. And then, like, maybe I'd puke. So, like, I'd go back and forth, and they were leaving, like, the show started at like 6 and it was like 7.30 and at the last minute I was like, yeah, I'm not going to make it because like every 10 minutes I would collapse pretty much and the last thing I wanted, like as much as I love attention, I don't really need attention from everyone for turning green like in the corner and everybody like, oh my God, is he okay? What's wrong with him? Oh, go get so-and-so. She's a nurse. Yo, Andrew, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Should we, are you, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I'll just sit here and die in my bed. I'm used to this. I appreciate the concern. But go have fun. And I don't really want to be the center of attention for, like, dying in the corner. <laughs> but, 
It was a ton of fun. Atlanta in general was a ton of fun. Bill did a great job. There was plenty of problems. Power keep going out. Somebody got zapped really bad walking up the steps. Like, I didn't see it, but Rude Girl just did. Like, knocked unconscious, carried upstairs, zapped from the fucking wiring. But it was as DIY as it gets. Skate ramps everywhere. Park was awesome. Spray paint everywhere. The first night sound was pretty bad they had like a really good board amazing like where the slides all move themselves it's presets and um but i think part of it it was like i used to play in a room like this it's a skate park it's a big open room acoustics are terrible there's nowhere for sound to bounce it's just open air and then also there was all these garage doors on the one side and they had all of the garage doors wide open so now there's not only do we have a big room there's like a missing wall. So the second night, the doors were closed and one of them was halfway open and it sounded a lot better. Uh, Blanks played and um, yeah, I mean, look, there might be some comments from some former band members on some of these posts. I will not censor this person, but that was not what I was trying to say, <laughs> to clarify, but I, uh, I do love that person, and they are entitled to their opinion, because I would maybe feel similar, but I wasn't going to censor them, and uh, if you saw it, you know what I'm talking about, and it was too big for me to not say anything, I'm not, whew, God damn, but uh, I do feel bad. I'm going to have to make a phone call to one of my friends today, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The show was great, and um, you know, I didn't get to see the Havoc, but I'm going to see him this Friday. I can't think of the date off my head. Today's Monday the 23rd, so whatever fucking day Friday is, what is that, like four more days, like the 27th or something like that. This Friday, the Havoc, I don't know if it's the last date of the tour, Parasitic's actually on tour with the havoc but uh yeah uh it's gonna it was i know they played chicago i think it's like a two-week thing i i think philly's towards the end don't quote me but uh definitely if you're around here you want to go catch it rude girl jess renee was like the havoc killed it like she was like they, they were really good and uh so i didn't get to see endless struggle pretty bummed about that didn't get to see the crumb bums saw the broken cuffs like i got to play with them and i love ricardo and i i talked to kobe a little i oh always miss him like he'll come up and say hi and I'll get pulled away I wish these people were fucking closer I really do broken cuffs were rocking with a new drummer didn't know his name but um the drummer I'm familiar with from the Broken Cuffs, who I also can't think of his name, he was playing in Dead 77. We've had George on here from Dead 77 before. They played right before Blank 77. And plenty of people were like, what the fuck? Why is Blank playing so early? Why did Bill do that? Blanks wanted to do that. <laughs> so that's why it happened. Plenty of people were like, why are they playing so early? It was like, well, well, Mike can stand erect if we play this early. And great, because they sound it. They, they did great. And plenty of those songs. Renee was so nervous. I've never seen Renee like that. She wasn't hanging out. She didn't party the night before. Like, she got drunk, went to bed. We were all after party until 3 a.m. We all went out the next morning to all these, like, stores and five points, running around town, taking Ubers, hitting up the Olympic Village, going past the Olympic Village and, like, the Mercedes Dome and fucking Georgia State. And uh, Renee didn't even go out with us. Sat at home all day practicing the solos to Tankton Pogo. Like, nervous as fuck. I was like, Mike, I have never seen her do this. Like, 
<laughs> but uh, they did great. It was awesome. Everybody played great. Tim and Chad, and it, w it was a great time. We'll talk about it more. Why don't we play some blanks? I put up a uh, clip today. I have some videos and stuff. I mean, I'm so out of the loop. <laughs> I used to be recording everything and posting everything. It's a pain in the dick. You know what I mean? I do the show. We'll, we'll see what pops out. I have recordings from the Broken Cuffs last show that I've yet to post. But I definitely, like months ago, <laughs> but I definitely got to post some pictures of them from this weekend. Like I said, I put up a picture, uh, video of the Parasitics. Go check it out. And uh, yeah, they played the entire Tanked and Pogoed album. So we're going to get started with one of my all-time favorite songs, the song they should open up with every show here is blank 77 with losing my brain i forgot my bomb All right, Blake 77 on Pogo. Well, speak of the devils, we got Marco in the comments and Chandler. And now, yes, okay, see, Marco, you have, like, your band's logo or something as your profile. Now now I'm more on point. He was telling me about a song he sent, and I was like, oh, I remember seeing this, but it was lyrics. And now, let's see, I can put it. It's not his face in the profile. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
but now even just from seeing and seeing the way like the RPS in the middle of his name, I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, yes, was hanging out with Marco a bunch. He was uh, telling us how much he loves the show and always listens to it. And now I totally got him in the Facebook comments. I'm like, oh, okay. Because we were talking, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Marco, maybe he sends me some recordings, some stem files, and maybe I play on them. And maybe I send them back. And maybe someone mix them. And maybe we play them on Pogo. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? You'll never know. Actually, you will, you'll probably find out. You'll probably find out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely Chandler. And uh, he was chilling a bunch, talking about Junkman's Daughter. It was an awesome store. Indeed. He said, I think we ran into the same dude on the street. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he was still there throwing bottles. It was sad, man. I mean, not to make light of it. Like, we were making light of it. But <laughs> it, dude was pretty young. It was sad. But crazy as fuck like full conversation and like i've seen other people do this and like lots of times it's gibberish but like this dude was like making sense like i could infer what the other person who wasn't standing there was saying but then he started getting angry throwing shit and it was like oh and kind of like the fight it just kept falling at our feet and we had to break it up because this one girl was getting the ever-loving shit kicked out of her and uh but um it, it, this dude, we kept walking away, and like even though he was never talking to us, his imaginary friend was apparently standing very close to us, and she was a slut, according to him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just it was it was it was wild. But uh, also going down to Atlanta, so we're hearing from people like Dean messaged, and I heard from someone. They're like, you know, there's like some riots going on down there or something. So I'm pretty sure he figured out what's going. So first of all, I'm hearing, we're downstairs, me and Mike, early in the morning. The news is on, it's DeKalb County. And I'm like, I know DeKalb County. I'm like, are they talking about Pennsylvania? Why do I know DeKalb County? And first of all, I know it from the fucking election, because that's what it's been singing, swinging Georgia Democratic, DeKalb County. But we were in fucking DeKalb County. That's why I knew the name. And they basically, what seemed to be, they seemed like they got some like Waco, Texas thing going on down there. And what I mean by that is kind of like some type of commune who is like going off the grid but then they didn't want them to and it was like oh they're committing these crimes but it was like are they committing crimes or are they you just saying this so you can infer on them and then there's a bunch of people protesting for them and their first amendment rights and like we're catching bits and pieces of it and so then as we're like you know adding color connecting dots Ashley's like why don't we look it up when we're, we're leaving because we've been talking about it all weekend and what it turns out to be uh, I think from, we were reading an article from like CNN or some shit, fucking, so there was like a $90 million, 85 acre law enforcement facility being built in DeKalb County in Georgia, Atlanta, right? And um, I was saying the whole time when they were showing these people, because I was thinking like a Waco thing, kind of thinking maybe kind of redneck, maybe kind of MAGA, and they're showing these people, and I was like, just like those people on January 6th did not look like Antifa, those people in the woods did not look too MAGA, and then I'm hearing what it's about, and I'm like, those, I think those might be anarchists, like I think they, they kind of got that feel of being anarchist, and like, you know, like a 
like a real anarchist, like, you know what I mean? And uh, so they, they all got ski masks on, and uh, there's all this, like, anti-cop rhetoric, and they're saying they're peaceful, but there's, like, pigs stay out, and, like, there's people saying that they they have the right to do this, and they have the First Amendment. And so at first, I thought they were just, like, trying to, like, claim territory, but they're, they're claiming the territory of this 85 acres and saying, get these pigs out of here. And I... I if maybe I have details wrong, but if that's the truth, man, I don't fucking blame them. And these motherfuckers are hardcore at shit because they exchanged fires with the police now and they shot a cop, but then the cops killed some of them and uh, it did turn out to be a riot. And they were smashing up buildings, set a cop car on fire, so sent it down the street from what I understand and uh, exchanged some fire. People died. Six were arrested and I guess it's all over. But those motherfuckers whew, they didn't go down without a fight I don't know dude I imagine myself especially younger like and like like before the kids and I know and whether their cause was right or wrong or you agree it or disagree with it, it it's like I feel like at least some of these people were there and it was like Oh, well, Tim's there, and yeah, I agree with this, and, and like, did they really think they were going to, did this person that get killed, like, did they really think they were going out today, and they were going to get into a fight with police? I'm curious, you know, maybe they were like, like, yeah, suicide by a cop, we're taking these pigs out, or like, was it really just a protest and shit got out of hand? Like, you know what I mean? Because I could see myself, especially younger being like, yeah, fuck these cops. Like, no, we don't want them here. We have a say. Yeah, let's protest. No, we're going to stand here. And it just, because it was the same thing. Like, you'd see these things, and it would be like, so-and-so fucked up, dies, and or lives and kills so-and-so in a car accident, and people are talking shit, and it's like, wow, this is terrible. But it's like, I just got lucky. That could have been me, like, 50,000 times. And, like, it just... It, it gives, like, a whole different feel to the thing. But I don't know for sure. We were catching press clippings and, you know, finding articles here and there. But it seemed kind of, it seemed kind of it, 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 it like a uh, left-wing anti-cop demonstration. And uh, these motherfuckers had some balls, but uh, for sure. So uh, just an interesting time to be there. I'm sure this, especially with the deaths of at least one, maybe more, this will definitely uh, go down. And uh, we were in town while this was going on. Fucking crazy story. We've been talking about the broken cuffs. Why don't we play the broken cuffs? Now, I say we have technical difficulties and, like, I can only play off my cell phone here and there. I don't feel like setting shit up the other way. <laughs> That's really what it is at the moment. So, and also, it's like we get sound. If I control the podcast like this, we have the best sound and we have issues with sound on the live show. So, it's like if I start doing it from other places it's like I, I get too much interference and there's problems and it's like if we really want to play something for a special show maybe i'll do it but we're just shooting from the hip you guys just get better sound quality it's just easier to do it like this so the broken cuff because ricardo's always like you're always playing our same song i appreciate it but people are gonna get tired of it and it's like you guys should put more put more releases up because they only got these two on Spotify. I know they got a lot more. I know they got some videos. I know they got a new music video coming out. So make sure you guys follow them on Facebook and all that other shit. Look for them on YouTube. I just saw the post. Fucking, we've been doing this show for 26 minutes. I saw the post, 
post 26 minutes ago so look out for a music video coming soon they had stills from the shoot it looked really cool it was great talking to ricardo he said he was hearing some of the songs we were playing on here and he was like yo we haven't played these songs in forever and uh, they actually got to play two sets they played a little after party and uh he was like we're gonna play these songs you put them back in our minds so it's great we love hearing how much you guys listen to the show totally appreciate it so uh we're gonna get to one from the 2021 album i believe it is their self-titled album broken cuffs look it up on Spotify, here's Fight. The fuck? Andrew's an asshole. That's the Broken Cuffs from California. Now, uh, I'm trying to think. What the fuck? What do they have? He was telling me. You know what? I'm going to get shit wrong. I know Ricardo was telling me something. I have to check with Ricardo. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, definitely look out for the Broken Cuffs. They got a lot of cool stuff going on. They're playing everywhere, especially on the West Coast. They're such great guys. They're so much fun. Everybody talks about how like they'll see uh, the bass player Kobe and they're like, oh, he's so nice and he's so quiet. And I always hear Tamar and Jess, they both go off, but he's so different on stage. He's so wild and running around and like he's playing with his tongue and it's so awesome. And then he's like he's a lot more introverted, like off and I'm like, that's awesome though. I was like, because he's like in his element, it feels like. like That's what he's doing, what he wants. He's most comfortable there. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's fitting. It's very 
artistic, if you will. Very, yes, yes, yes. Let's get very hippie with it. Yes, um, no, but he's, he seems like a great dude. I don't know him all that well. I bump into him at shows. We say a couple words, and for some reason, I'm usually getting sick shortly thereafter. I was talking to Ashley about it, and she was like, Andrew, because she sees me get real bad, and she used to be like working in the metal, medical industry and all that. And she's always like, Andrew, we need to take you to the doctor, and da-da-da-da-da, and you said X, Y, Z. And I'm like, I know, I hate this. I'm like, I always feel so bad. And she's like, but you don't have to feel bad. I'm like, but no, like, for real, we were playing in Philly, and we had the dudes from Moose Knuckle, and we had the dudes from, so Moose Knuckle in, like, Boston area, Broken Cuffs, California, and, like, we all want to chill, and I'm, like, dying. And it's like, no, it can't be, like, see you next weekend. It's like, they'll, they'll be on a plane in 48 hours. You know what I mean? And it's like, ugh. Uh, like, I, I spent all day, the third day, throwing up. Now, I was, like, day drinking and shit, but it was not from the alcohol. I can tell, I mean, alcohol makes it worse, of course, but it was not like that. And the third day when I was real sick, I didn't, I didn't drink at all. It was really the breakfast food that I knew I shouldn't have been eating. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I had too much of this fucking free hotel sausage with Mike Blanks. Not Mike Blanks' sausage, the hotel's sausage. But uh, yes, and uh, I could tell. I, I, I'm sitting there, and like I'm, we're eating. Me and Mike are always the only ones awake. And I'm like, okay, um, I shouldn't have eaten that. I'm gonna go take a shower, and I'm gonna puke a bunch. And then I go running upstairs. Mike's in the room an hour later. Walks in. I'm just throwing up. He's like, oh, I came in perfect timing. <laughs> yes, and walks right back out. But uh, yeah, I spent the whole day puking, puking and screaming about the Giants. Now look, I'll keep it brief. I made a live reaction video, and I think it is appropriate. Look, you can talk all the shit you want. I understand a lot of you don't know the gist of football. I would rather the Giants have lost 41 to nothing, and you look at the score and you're like, that's basically what happened. It is not. This is what happened, okay? Anyone, everyone knew. Eagles fans, Giants fans, anyone. The only way the Giants have a chance in any game is to keep it close. Their strong suit is running the ball, which is a lower score, slower moving, quicker clock, dirtier game. Their passing game is a quick release game, which means it's just an extension of the run game. It's all short. Maybe get lucky with a play action, fake handoff, let the receiver get a little further down the field and throw it deep. The Giants are a short-range team, long drive against anyone. Close score, one-score game against anyone. Against the Eagles. Even more important to rely on that. The Eagles' defensive backs far outweighing our wide receivers. The Eagles' defensive line, one of the best in the league, leading the leagues in sacks. First team ever to have four players with double-digit sacks. I think the team has like 70. Every, so this is football 101. This means the Giants need to run. They have Saquon Barkley. They have Daniel Jones who ran for over 700 yards and seven touchdowns at quarterback. Okay? This is where the Giants, Eagles go right downfield and score. And it's like, fuck. And I'm a fan and I'm like, okay, we kind of got to score here. But when push comes to shove, we don't got to score here. There is almost an hour left of play. The Giants, it wasn't an embarrassing drive. They, the Eagles had a nice five-minute drive, play here, play there. Score. 
even the announcers. The Giants are driving right away. They're getting like four or five-yard bursts from Saquon Barkley, which is great on a running game, exactly what we want to see. Okay, but then it gets to third down, and it's like a third and short, okay? And Daniel Jones is dropping back to pass. Everybody's covered, and fucking this is also what behooves the Giants because if the Eagles have everybody blanketed and a lane opens, Daniel Jones can run, and that's also supposed to be like a big part of our game. This is the first opportunity. Everybody sees the lane open up. The announcers say it. Daniel Jones goes to take it, but his pussy-ass tackle is getting blocked into the backfield, and Jones trips over his heel. It's a sack. Okay, live to fight another down. You know what I mean? We're like at midfield. We're at like the 50. I don't remember exactly, but we're like at midfield. We might still be on our own side of the field. We are at mid-fucking-field in the first fucking quarter. Down by seven. That is nothing, okay? Everyone expected the Giants to be down by seven, okay? So, it is now fourth and long because they tripped. No big deal. We're going to pin the Eagles deep. They went downfield on a 75-yard drive, okay? But maybe we're at midfield. We pin them deep. Maybe we get them at the 3. Maybe we get them at the 5. Maybe we get them at the 10. Shit, maybe they run it back. But hypothetically, you know, maybe they get it at the 10. We actually hold them to a field goal. Then the Giants would only be down by 10. They could score on the second drive. Their offense was looking okay. But no, this cocksucking son of a bitch goes for it for fourth and fucking eight from midfield in the first fucking quarter on the first fucking drive. That is a desperate man's ploy. You do that when you're down multiple scores in the fourth quarter with minutes left to play. You don't do it in the first fucking quarter. Fourth and eight on the first drive, down by seven, midfield. We couldn't stop the Eagles on a 75-yard drive. Why the fuck would we stop them on a 50? You stupid son of a bitch. It instantly put the Giants down two touchdowns. Game over. Over. Game fucking over. Five minutes in. Game over. Worst decision in Giants history. Kick that man in the balls. Oh, my fucking God. Kill him. Ah, So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I liked day ball all year. I keep making the analogy, though. Keep making the analogy. You know what I mean? You're walking down the street. You know your best friend. He's a good guy. Known him for years. You look over, he is beating the shit out of some woman, just assaulting her, right? You break it up, he goes to jail. He's like, I did it, I loved it. You'd be like, wow, you know, I don't really know this person. Everything you did before this moment doesn't really matter. I'm judging you on this. And that's what the fuck Dayball did. That was such a bad fucking decision. Give him the game, motherfucker. Because what it did was eliminate our entire game plan. It, it put the Giants in a desperate situation when they did not need to be in a desperate situation. That could have been a punt. It ended their season. It could have been a punt. And the game's out of reach. But just to make matters worse, just to make matters worse, the Giants finally stopped the Eagles. It's like a three and out. They get the ball back, they drive down the field, and they fucking score. They're down by 21. They kick the ball. They put the Eagles in a three and out again. Giants get the ball. Three minutes left in the third quarter. The Giants are driving. The Giants are driving. They get to midfield. They fuck up on third down. It's fourth and six. 
from midfield. The Giants have momentum. It's fourth and six. The fourth quarter is approaching. It's like seconds away at this moment, okay? The announcers are like, Giants showing signs of life. We were talking at halftime. Is there enough possessions for them to come back? They seem to be turning on. They've stopped Philadelphia twice. They scored in the middle. They're driving here. Oops, it's fourth down. Okay, you may not have agreed with Dayball's decision. Most people didn't to go for it on fourth in the first quarter. But a no-brainer here. Game on the line. Dayball's got to go for it. And he sends out the fucking punter and punts it from fourth and six, a shorter distance, at midfield, while the game's on the line, down by 21 in the fourth quarter, this fucking cocksucker punts it. The Eagles go on a 12-minute scoring drive, take 12 minutes out of the fourth quarter. This motherfucker punted from fourth and eight in the first fucking, uh, he went for it on fourth and eight in the first fucking drive, got us killed, and then doesn't go for it fourth and sixth season on the line. He needs to be kicked in the balls. It is not Daniel Jones's fault. It is not Saquon's Barley's fault. It is not the defensive's fault. He threw a hand grenade in that locking room when he put Daniel Jones on the field for fourth down. That was the worst decision in Giants history. I got the Giants hotline number saved in my phone. Maybe I need to get off Pogo and call this shit. Big Blue Kickoff Live is probably going on. Those motherfuckers are cursing out a storm right now. And I know the host of the show is like, guys, calm down. The Giants shouldn't have been this good. Anyway, no. No, this questions everything about Dable. That was, I'm not saying fire him, but goddamn, I don't have faith in him. I ain't got no fucking faith in him. No more. No, that was stupid as fuck. That was the worst decision. And then to not go for it later. Oh, that son of a bitch. Oh, that son of a bitch. Oh, that son of a bitch. All right. All you people that are complaining about football. And there's plenty of people like, why aren't you at the show? And da-da-da-da-da. I would have been watching the game, but from the show. It was really because I was sick. But everybody's like, oh, fuck football. Fuck football. Fuck football. Well, you all wish you were British. And go, football. Oi, oi, oi. We're going to play the business. <laughs> we're going to play uh, England 5, Germany 1. For all you anti-sport motherfuckers. Here's the business. Ah, that's not the business. <laughs> I may have f***ed up here.
like every skinhead band ever, but that song was in a Hollywood movie. How dare they sell out our culture? That's how ridiculous everyone sounds. But yeah, think about that, right? Right, right, right? Euro trip, going on the bus in between the soccer football matches. That's what's playing. Sellouts, Mickey, nope. Burn your jacket, not allowed. Punk rock, not allowed in the mainstream. My culture, don't sell out my culture. Shut the fuck up. We are not like an indigenous people. God damn, get your head out of your ass. Ah, yes, yes, we're going to play another song because I didn't get to take an adequate bong hit because my dumb ass, I forgot the bong down there in the fucking first place. And then my dumb ass pulls out a dab and I don't fucking have the torch. So I had to run down and I got this awesome bottom feed bowl that like the video can see. So my, my dab rig now does not get fed from the top. It's got a giant ball on the top. It's got a uh, little ball in the metal, middle and then there's like a pipe that goes down to the bottom and there's like a pill in there and it's all in a cylinder and there's like this little dish at the bottom with slits in it and you heat it and you put in the dab from there and it goes through all the different pieces of crystal and vaporizes and cools and mixes and Fucking A, right? But uh, yeah, speaking of weed, so, you know, it was like, well, we obviously aren't going to get on a plane with marijuana. I'm literally looking up, like, can I take weed on a plane? Like, we are in New Jersey, but this is federal. I mean, we bought it right outside. Can I just get on this plane? And a man arrested at airport, marijuana. I'm like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so, so, of course, we, we had it set up, and uh, we were going to get some bud while we were down there because, you know, Nobody wants to sell me, see me like go on a rampage without marijuana. <laughs> we, uh, so we're, we're leaving and, uh, you know, we had a little leftover. I got lucky because like I, I got some cones, you know, cause like we didn't even have a grinder and we were like, I smoked dabs, but it was like, nobody's going to have dabs. And what are we going to do? Bring our fucking bong and our torch? Or are we going to go down there and buy a $150 fucking unit? Like, you know what I mean? And, uh, so it was like, okay, we'll bring a battery in case anybody has cartridges that might happen, but it's like, we'll just have to smoke some blunts and shit, get some cones finally. And it's like, it's all dark and it's at the show. I ain't got a grinder and a cone. You want to leave a finder and the bud's mad dense and sticky, which is good but a pain in the ass for the predicament I'm in. You know what I mean? So I'm breaking it up, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, it's a pain in the ass. So then we end up at this junkyard man's place. Fucking awesome. I bought Jessica a $90 lip service, like Barbie pink leather jacket, like patent pleather, and uh, fucking awesome. Like totally like punk rock and Nicki Minaj. <laughs> and um, real awesome. And all the girls were flipping about this store. It was really fucking cool. Their shoe section was insane. They'd only have like one or two pairs though. Of, but they would be, they were like things I think some of them constructed too. Like they'd have like giant spikes on them and shit. And they'd have like misfit stuff on them. It was fucking cool. But uh, my point 
I totally got, oh, they had a head shop. So I'm going in there and I'm looking for a dugout, you know, like, because if I'm going to smoke weed and I'm into the whole one hit dab thing, it's like I still go with the dugout, especially at a show. I ain't got time to be rolling this up. And I like hooking people up. Every motherfucker wants a hit. That's good. You stick the little cigarette in. You have the little compartment. You stick it in, spin it around. I always get the ones with the spikes. Some people aren't hip to that. Most of them just have a ring at the end. Those things fucking suck. Don't waste your money. You need one with the spikes. If they ain't got one with spikes, they ain't got one you want. All right, so I make sure I always got one with the spikes. We're at this head shop, and I'm like, oh, sweet dugouts. I'm like, this would be perfect. And I'm like, okay. So I get one, they got their little cases, and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's got the cigarette in it, but it's not spiky at the end. I'm like, nah. I'm like, you know what? I'll pay extra money. I'll keep this flat bowl. Find me some type of device with spikes on it that fits in here. It doesn't have to be a cigarette, but you know. Crack pipe styles, if you will. <laughs> Chillum styles. And uh, it was, uh, so we're going, and we find one, this like metal baseball bat one with all these spikes. It fits in the compartment and everything. I'm like, all right, sweet, I'll buy both of these. I buy them, we're walking out, huge pothead dilemma solved, okay? I am a pothead and I have never seen this. Dugouts are old as hell. I always have one. I've never seen this. So one of the biggest problems is these things get clogged like a motherfucker. So we're talking about a metal tube with a real thin hole. You're packing big buds because, like, we're not even breaking it up. That's the point of the spikes. Ain't got time to break it up. So you just stab it into the weed and spin it, and it, like, cuts it, and it rips off. But it's like a bud. It's chunky. You know what I mean? So, like... So I usually get two hits out of them, like a double burn, and then like you always got to clean it like in between each hit or it will clog. And even if you clean it in between each hit, it'll clog just from building up with resin because it's such a fine hole and all you need is one little seal and it's fucked. And the hole's so fine, nothing ever fits in it. And then I look at the end, at the uh, outside of this dugout, the other side I didn't see, and there's like a carving in it, and there's a bent piece of metal wire in it that attaches to the dugout itself. And it is the perfect thickness and perfect length, and it shoves right through the bowl, cleaning it instantly, knocks it off far enough, stabs it all the way through so you could just knock the resin off the end. Because even if you take, like, if you have a thin enough hanger, because some of these holes are thin, or a thin enough piece of wire, it's like if it has something on the back of it and you can't shove it all the way through, or if it doesn't go all the way, you pull it back out, everything gets restuck in there. So this makes it long enough so it pushes all the way out the top, you can clean off the top, get all the res out, even save it and smoke it if you want. Pull it back out, and that shit is clean as fuck. It's fine. And you just take the little metal fucking poker cleaner thing. Like, I've seen cleaners and pokers, but not that are fixed and attached to the part that you keep the weed in. It was fucking genius. Put this shit on, like, star fucking tank 420. Star fish shark tank. That's it. Shark tank 420. Motherfucker, do you speak it? Yo, the sharks at the aquarium were fucking sick, though. Like, no fucking lie. The sharks were fucking nuts. We were flipping. I'll have to post some of those videos. I didn't have my phone. I forgot it because I was dying. So I was, uh, I had Renee's phone. She has the same phone as me. But uh, she tries to act like she's lazy and she wants me to use her phone. But it's, I'm a far better photographer. So we were doing mostly videos. But uh, yeah, dude. So. Nerding out, Andrew fucking feeling like an eight-year-old. Because even at first, I'm like, aquarium. But I'm like, okay, everybody wants to do it. Now, nah, shit was awesome. And uh, so we go into the sharks. And fucking, they got, like, 
whatever. I forget. I want to say great wife, but I feel like they're bigger. They got the fucking normal size, the normal shark you're thinking of. And then they got the hammerheads, and those things are so fucking wild. They're fucking ugly. They're fucking cool. They're fucking mouths on the fucking bottom. They're, they have a couple of them. Those things were wild. And then they start feeding them. Now, Rude Girl Jess claims she saw them eat. I'm screaming, they're feeding them! They're feeding them! There's my Everybody's like, why are all these little fish in the water out of nowhere? I'm like, they're fucking feeding them! <laughs> and everybody <laughs> runs to the fucking glass. And, oh, you son of a bitch, I just dropped something. Fuck! Please stand by for technical difficulties. What the fuck? Okay, we're back. <laughs> Try not to drop things on the keyboard while recording. But uh, I'm like, they're feeding. And then there's like, oh, they're not minnows, but all these small fucking fish, bigger than minnows, swimming in there. And we're like waiting there for like 10 minutes. Not one of them ate a single fucking fish to the point where I got tired of looking at this fucking shit and walked away. And just like, oh no, I saw one of them eat. And I kind of felt like that was thinking going, oh, no, I remember when we did coke with Wadi, and I was like, you fucking son of a bitch. No, we didn't. So I don't know. I, I got it on video. I didn't see any of those fish get eaten. Rude girl just claims she does. We'll, uh, we'll have to get to the bottom of this. But, uh, yeah, totally awesome. My... Stingrays, dude. Those things are fucking cool. Those things are fucking cool. They had giant ones, huge fucking stingrays, but I, I, I like the more average size one. They, they like move all quick. The big ones like lay there. He did do a big ass belly flop at the top of the water. That did, but the motherfucker was mostly just hanging out on the floor. The other like foot long ones, you know what I mean? Maybe 18 inches. Those motherfuckers fly through the air, water. And like they look like birds. Like, so you know, it's kind of like a frisbee. And fucking their sides flap and they fly like a motherfucker. But then me and Jess, and I give credit where credit's due, she's like, that killed Steve Irwin. And I'm like, I don't think so. She goes, yes, it stabbed him in the heart. And I was like, do they do that? I was like, could they really? St I don't think. Th and I'm looking at its tail. I'm like, that doesn't look like a fucking antler or nothing. Like, I was like, I don't fucking. She was like, no, it stabbed Steve Irwin in the heart and he died. That's what fucking happened. Steve Irwin, I'm going to shove my thumb. There's a tiger. I'm going to shove my thumb up its ass, as Cartman would say. But uh, he got killed by a stingray. And I was like, I, yeah, I remember him dying. I was like, he got stabbed in the heart by a fucking stingray and then jess is like yeah and they zap you i'm like nah that's eels i'm like i love stingrays they're fucking cool i'm like but that's eels she's like nope i'm like fucking google it and she's like no no they zap you so these motherfuckers are mad fast fly through the water but they zap their predators so they can't get away because they're fucking lazy like we were both like what jess is dying as she's reading this because we're like it was the fastest fucking fish in that fucking tank and i don't understand how they have all these other and not just the feeding ones but other like small fish that obviously weren't fish food because they were very exotic. They got swimming in the shark tank. Like, I didn't understand that, but I guess the shark don't like them ones. I don't fucking know because they have plenty of fish that aren't sharks swimming in the shark tank. Don't get it. But uh, that are obviously not there for food. <laughs> like, they look very expensive. <laughs> but, uh, and we saw the food ones, and they look like food ones. But, uh, yeah, they had gators. They had, um, they had whale sharks, two of them. One of them was fucking huge. We're walking through, like, the tunnel, like, you know, in Camden. And, like, so, you know, basically you're in a tunnel, and there's a fish tank above you left and right, and it's all the same tank, and the fish are flying around. That's where the biggest ones were, and the big stingrays, and the fucking 
fucking whale sharks that were fucking huge. It was cool. They had a diver in there. So, like, you're seeing all these other fish eating off the shark. Like, they eat, like, the shit off the shark. And there's a diver swimming with them. And the thing's twice. Like, they had a diver in the fucking tank. They had a diver in the tank. And fucking, they, um, he's, like, just swimming right alongside me. He's twice as fucking long in the dude in fins. So, average man, taller than me. Let's make him six foot. Motherfucker's got, like, six to eight inch fins on. And a fucking shark's like twice as long as them. Fucking crazy. But um, they had penguins. Big deal was made about the penguins. Almost forgot about that. They were twerking it. They were twerking it. All them penguins love shaking their fucking ass. But uh, they had lots of cool shit. Dude, jellyfish are fucking awesome. Like, they got some jellyfish in there that look like they go to raves. <laughs> like, all right. Like, me and Jess, before you even get in, like, the welcome you thing in the hallway before you, like, even scan your ticket. Jess is like, oh, my God, look at this computer thing. It's so fucking crazy. Look at those jellyfish. And we're like, those are real. That is not a computer. Because of the colors of them, it looks fake as shit. Fucking some wild-ass awesome shit in there. And they had those puffer birds that fucking swim and those fucking otters and shit. It's fucking good time. I got some quote, uh, some uh, compliments on the Bedlam Punks. So uh, I believe it was for East Coast Punks. It is on Spotify if you people want to listen to it. I never really share it. But go type in Bedlam Punks. Check out Drinking Buddies and East Coast Punks, my high school band. Re-recorded two years ago, year and a half ago. Here's Bedlam Punks, Drinking Buddies. Ah, fucking up again. Fucking up again. Always fucking everything up. Always fucking everything up. Let's see if we can connect this. All right, Bedlam Punks, my pussy ass on vocals and bass. Me and Black Zach got together and did that. Black Zach is the third one. Me, Sean, Black Zach, we were, you know, those were my best friends in high school. You know what I mean? And uh, Zach was the best man at my wedding, but he's in the military. He's been in there for like fucking 
a long time, <laughs> like uh, like 15 years or something about there. So uh, he's only got like another five to go. He'll be back around then. He'll be back around then. He flew in just to record that for the night, and it was fucking great. There was a million fucking problems. We got two songs done, and I'm so happy we got it done. I wish someone else was playing drums. I hope, I just have to say it out loud. But nonetheless, I'm not as much of an asshole to crop them out of the pictures. <laughs> But, uh, yes, yes, but uh, love my man, Black Zach. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to definitely do that again. It's so funny, though, if you were on camera, like, oh, my God, the worst part about going over songs you wrote when you were 14. Because I'm not going to lie, chorus is killer, chorus is catchy, it's catchy. Oh, my God, those lyrics. I'm just sitting here rolling my eyes. So cliche. I'm like, yeah, I wrote this when I was 14. I wrote it when I was 14. I'm thinking about, like, hippies and straight-edge kids. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, Andrew, get to the chorus, get to the chorus, shut up, get to the chorus, and I was thinking that, like, that was one of the main things when we were going over, because we had, like, 18 songs, and they weren't bad, you know what I mean, like, they sounded like that, and it was like, which ones are we going to do when I'm looking at these lyrics, I'm like, well, I definitely can't say that anymore, and I'm like, not doing that one, and uh, then, it just this one, it was like, People liked this song. Not that we had that many fans, but people knew the words to this song. Like, people liked the chorus, you know, people and East Coast punks. I'm Redhead Girl, but we didn't have time to do Redhead Girl. But, uh, yeah, it was funny because, uh, you know, I, I couldn't even hear myself sing. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I appreciate the comments. Every song would sound like that, though. Really Mike and Ness it up. You know? <laughs> We're going to play the other track. Here's East Coast Punks. When I see you, I 
Yeah. Messed up the ending. Had to cut and paste that a little. We never rehearsed. We played that day. That was the first time Zach ever met Quinn. That was the first time. We hadn't played together in like 15 years. But, you know, me and Zach could do that right now. That was the only reason. Like, if it wasn't for Zach and jamming with Zach, I would have never been able to do the stabs thing. Because me and Zach uh, fucking were just completely ripping off that album when we were in high school. Not with those particular two songs. We wrote those songs when we were younger. As we got um, like 17, we were just ripping off the stabs. <laughs> so me and Zach, and I played Zach, like we played constantly. And anyone knows, like, you know, you play with someone, like you know what they're doing. Like you're, you're ad-libbing and you, you know what they're doing. You know where they're going. You know what I mean? And um, also, I really could not listen like now I can like listen to a CD and pick out you know the rhythm and play it on the bass you know what I mean or the guitar but like four or five years ago I could not just listen to it I, I could not just listen to an album play I could play like a motherfucker but I could not play like ear by ear and Zach like we were so used to playing with each other. He ripped off Tim so much. It was like I had been playing with Tim for years. It was like I knew everything Tim would do because Zach would do that. And so everything fit in perfectly. And um, it was fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Also, Zach literally sat there and was like talking to me over like fucking like Facebook, like the video messenger or whatever it was. Or maybe it was Zoom. I don't think Zoom was that big like four or five years ago and I guess it was but like sitting there no it's going it's going like B to E to B it's a one four five I'm like okay so one four five out of B and like so that's why me and Brock were able so then I then taught everything to Brock and that's why we were able to walk in and do it because I was like Brock I can't believe we finally talked Mike, Tim, and Chad into doing this, and we're doing this, I was like, but I know for a fact, if we don't know everything like we were there the whole time, it's not going to happen. And sure enough, we get through knock, 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 and fucking Tim's asking me and Brock, okay, so how does tonight go? Chad's like, what is it, verse, chorus, verse? And the, we're laughing because we know, we're certain. And they're like, um, which one? And it was perfect. It was perfect. You know what I mean? Because Tim and Chad and Mike, I mean, it's not like they hadn't been playing with each other. They've damn near been playing with each other for 30 years straight. It was just like they were playing cover songs almost. You know what I mean? It took them five minutes. Like, well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Why don't we play a song from the Stabs original album, only album. Here is Knock Knock Knock, Mike Blanks and the Stabs. Pogo City Radio. Go find it on Pogo. And look at that gorgeous picture of Rude Girl Just. <laughs> Your mama sounds
the show i'm a little fucked up i'm a little high i need to go play guitar i really need a nap but i'm gonna go play guitar i tried to take a nap before this i couldn't fall asleep i was watching the office and i was laughing and then i felt uncomfortable because that's what the office does if you're curious it was um the last one of like season three or four where everyone's interviewing for the corporate job and michael's interviewing for it and doesn't know that it's jan's job he's interviewing his girlfriend's He's interviewing for her because they're firing her. And uh, yes, and it, you know, it gets all awkward and then it gets all sweet. Aww. But no, the office, classic, classic. But I didn't fall asleep and I was like, I'm going to go do Pogo. I'm going to go do Pogo. And now I'm like stoned and I'm very tired. I'm stoned and tired. And I want to play guitar. I've been learning Pipeline, not Pipeline. Pirate Love, Johnny Thunders. The uh, cause you know, first of all, I did not know the rhythms to that. It's got like these little Johnny Thunders techniques. It's not just a dun 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 you know what I mean? Like he does these like little slides that he does and everything. And I found this dude who's like hardcore I found one like hardcore lesson of a Johnny Thunders song like note to note the solos being like Walter does this Johnny does that in the third verse it's like and then throwing the tabs on the screen and I'm like oh my god oh my god I can actually learn this this way and I'm in the comments like oh my god do more Johnny Thunders and he is it's fucking awesome I gotta get the title for you the dude is breaking it down like a motherfucker and like it's making me be able to play it and I mean like the solos and breaking them down phrase by phrase and and tabbing them out on the screen for free to Johnny Thunders. And he's doing, like, the dolls and the dead boys and, like, the stooges. And, like, I'm kind of adding here, but minor threat, like, punk bands. And he's doing, like, the solos and, like, the good solos. Go ch I'm telling you to check it out, and I'm not telling you where. <laughs> well, if you type in how to play pipe, uh, not pipeline, how to play pirate love on guitar by Johnny Thunders, you'll find the channel. So type that in. Go type in how to play pirate love on guitar by Johnny Thunders on YouTube. You'll find this dude. He's obviously not connected to the show because I'm not doing too good of a job of promoting him, but he's responding to my comments and posting more Johnny Thunders. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> So I guess perhaps we should leave with Johnny Thunders and one of the songs he has figured out, the New York Dolls, but that's Johnny Thunders on guitar, uh, both tracks. He sings it on the solo album. David Johansson sings better, but I like the guitar on Johnny Thunders solo version better, even though that's also Johnny on the Dolls version. It's a different recording, but it's all just his two string beds and slides, and that's like the entire song, and like that's what like really moves the song, and like you sit there and it's like that is that is his style, and that is like that is the main trick that he does in his solos, and this song is just like entirely that, and it's that subway. Bend. Oh my God. See, that's my goal with music. That was just me like orgasming over Johnny Thunder's tones in with the song we're obviously playing next. And it's like, that's what I want to do 
to people. Yes, just make them come. That's what it is. I just want to make everyone come, men and women alike. <laughs> Not really. But, uh, but no, like, that's what music, at least punk rock, this, that's what it's all about for me. I want to make people get where I just was. That's what I want to do. And uh, we're going to take you there right now with my man Johnny T. Johnny Thunders. We're going to go to his solo album, So Alone. Now, I know I've told this on here before, but I was almost on a 999 album cover, and it was me recreated as Johnny Thunders for the So Alone album cover. The photographer was designing it, and it was the dude they were like commissioning to do the artwork on the album. And he was like, I want you to pose as Johnny Thunders. It wasn't even my idea. He was like, I want you to pose as Johnny Thunders. And the photo was, it was me in the suit and the chair, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I didn't use it though. I didn't use it didn't use it. I don't know where he was getting it from. I was like, is it like, do they cover Johnny Thunders on it? Like, I think it was just kind of random. Like, believe me, I loved being on it. But I was like, but why are we going Thunders? Like, does it have something to do? And they went in a complete different direction. But uh, we're going to get to Johnny Thunders' So Alone album. Still a cool fucking story. I got to dress up like Johnny Thunders and get my picture taken. But <laughs> it wasn't even my idea. <laughs> Okay, here is Johnny Thunders with Subway Train. Catch you bitches later. What did I do? I broke something. I break it. Why? Why? We, we've been fucking up all show. Why change it now? Johnny Thunders solo. Subway. <laughs>
party's over.